0: Hola, buenas tardes, or buenos dias, depending on what time zone you're in. Uh, Welcome to episode number 13 of When in Spain. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Apologies for the two-week gap. For those of you who've been following the podcast uh, already know that uh, I was away in uh, Miami for a few days. And then in Cuba for a couple of weeks. Um, I was very busy in Miami, catching up with some friends there. And in Cuba, there, well, internet is uh, very hard to come by in Cuba. At least internet that's reliable enough to uh, be publishing uh, podcasts. I must just give a special shout out to Jonathan Fernandez, who is from Miami and heard that uh, I was there. And very kindly gave me some uh, fantastic restaurant recommendations. Uh, So, uh, Jonathan, uh, thanks for that, and uh, I hope you have a good trip over to Madrid and uh, get settled in here. Okay, I will be producing a special one-off podcast about mine and my girlfriend's time in uh, Cuba. In La Habana. Uh, We've got lots of lovely music and sounds. So even though it's not uh, really to do with Spain at all, it seems a shame not to to share some of that with you guys, with the listeners, and uh, our experiences in La Habana, which, by the way, were absolutely fantastic. Uh, If anyone is thinking of uh, going to Cuba, I would highly, highly recommend it. We really enjoyed it. Uh, Fantastic people, fantastic atmosphere, beautiful places, uh, really interesting. Anyway, I'm speaking to you from the centre of Madrid. I'm currently wandering through uh, the Lavapiés neighbourhood, which is one of the most sort of multicultural, multi-ethnic, lively neighbourhoods, uh, packed with bars and lots of terrazas. It's about six thirty p.m. in the evening. Lovely, warm, sunny evenings. Probably about thirty degrees. Uh, not a cloud in the sky, Um, but Madrid is uh, still feels pretty quiet. We're at the very beginning of September. Most people tend to go away on their three- or four-week holidays, escape the city uh, during the month of August, and it's starting to pick up now. It's getting a bit busier. There are still quite a few shops and bars that are still closed, uh, which have been closed during... Uh, most of the month of August but it's starting to get busier and um, there's that kind of buzz in the air again now. I'm walking along a street called Calle Argumosa which is uh, really the kind of centre of the neighbourhood of Pies and uh, it's flanked with bars and terrazas, tables and chairs. It's a tree-lined street with lots of tables and chairs set out under the shade. There are quite a few people out already on a Wednesday evening having, well, what else but a nice cool glass of beer. And that's what this week's episode is going to be about. Beer in Spain. Now, why dedicate an episode to beer? Well, actually, ordering a beer in Spain can be a little bit confusing and for something seemingly so simple quite complicated as many of you may know i'm from the uk and in the uk it is very very simple Uh, most people drink pints so one standard size whether you're drinking lager or ale or stout or guinness or something like that uh, most people drink a pint or if not some people drink half a pint. Those are the two standard sizes. But uh, in Spain, well, it's a little bit more complicated than that, actually. Um, just a few uh, notes about beer in Spain. I was quite surprised to find this out, but I read in a few, from a few different sources that beer uh, has overtaken wine as the most popular alcoholic drink drunk in Spain. From my research, I found out that Spain is actually Europe's fourth biggest producer of beer, Uh, after Germany, the UK and Poland and it's ranked uh, number 10 in the world. Obviously wine is uh, a really big deal in Spain as well but uh, there you go, fourth biggest producer of beer in Europe and apparently Spaniards drink something along the lines of 48 litres of beer per head per year. So yeah, it's, it's certainly true. I'm walking along the street now and I would say looking at the people sitting out Probably about 70-80% of them are drinking beer. Few people are drinking wine, but most of them are drinking beer. So I think there's definitely something in that. The interesting thing about beer in Spain, and when I say beer, it's lager. It's quite unusual to come across what you might call ale or what we would call ale or bitter in the UK. You can sometimes find it, but it's uh, certainly not very common. So when I'm talking about beer, I'm really talking about lager beer, blonde beer of the fizzy variety. Well, it depends where in Spain you are, depending on which region or which city will dictate which brand of beer you will find. Now, in Madrid and in the centre of Spain and heading towards the north, the most common uh, brand of beer you're going to find in most bars, well, in nearly all bars really, is called Mau. Uh, some people will mispronounce it Mahu, um, but uh, the locals pronounce it Mau, M-A-H-O-U. And uh, it's the most common uh, beer to find, as I say, in the centre of Spain, certainly Madrid. The Mau branding is absolutely everywhere. Every bar, all of the beer mats, all of the little serviette uh, napkin holders all have Mau printed on them. However, if you head up to uh, Barcelona and Catalonia. The most common brand there is called Estrella Dam, which is produced uh, in uh, Barcelona. And there's also uh, another brand, which is less common, but you will see it quite a lot in Barcelona and Catalonia, is called Moritz as well. So those are the two kind of common brands you're most likely to encounter. Uh, in Barcelona. I've never seen (laughs) Mau in Barcelona and I've certainly never seen Moritz beer down here in Madrid. So they are quite regional. If we head down south to Andalusia, we've got a couple more different brands which you're most commonly going to find in bars. The most popular one is called Cruz Campo, which uh, originates... From Seville, that's where their main... I think that's where their brewery is in Seville. If you're in Malaga, you're going to find a Victoria. Victoria beer. And probably uh, one of the most popular, revered beers that people like, which you can find in other parts of Spain, but is very common down in the south, in Andalusia. It's brewed and comes from Granada, and is named after the famous Moorish palace in Granada called Alhambra. So Alhambra beer is another brand of uh, beer you're going to find down in Andalusia. there are a couple of other brands that you do find well pretty much anywhere in spain certainly quite common in madrid but don't really have the same reputation as the other brands i've just mentioned one is called Ambar, which is variously scattered around you will find it in some bars and restaurants but to be honest i my experience would very rarely come across it and the other one, which is fairly ubiquitous, um, but not one of my favourites, I have to say, is called San Miguel, Saint Michael. Uh, San Miguel is incredibly popular in other parts of the world. It's, re- it's become really popular in the UK, San Miguel, over the last few years. But uh, in Spain, uh, you do see it quite commonly, but it's sort of got the reputation for being one of the crappier less less good quality beers. But interestingly, San Miguel was originally brewed by Spanish monks in the Philippines. And obviously brought it back to the peninsula. If you're out on the east coast around uh, Valencia and the Valencia region, you're probably going to come across more commonly Amstel. And if you're lucky, you may also come across another brand called Estrella Levante. Levante is the word which is given to this east coast, the east of Spain, the Levant uh, region. So Estrella Levante. I have never ever seen or tasted Estrella Levante. And last, but not least, I must make a mention of this one because my friends from Galicia will kill me if I don't, um, is another brand called Estrella Galicia, uh, obviously from the northwestern corner of Spain in Galicia. This is actually quite Commonly found all over Spain, and I, most Spanish people, most of my Spanish friends, say it's their favourite beer. Uh, it's very common, and it's uh, quite often the sort of pre- the preferred brand of beer if it's available. And a lot of my Spanish friends would always choose Estrella Galicia over anything else. It's got more of a fuller flavour, it's slightly darker, and I think it's more toasted. And I think it's for that reason um, that it's uh, very popular. Anyway, so that gives you an idea of. Uh, the different uh, brands of beers uh, that are available across Spain, but as I say, they're very uh, regional, so you're not going to find all of these in one city. One point to make is that any everyday bar you go to in Spain, you normally, if you're going to order a beer on tap, a draft beer, or as they say in Spanish, uh, de barril, from the barrel, most bars only serve one type of lager on tap like i said in madrid it's probably just going to be mau the other taps they will have an alcohol free version and they may have a third tap which has quite often called a rattler or in spanish they say uh, una clara which is a beer mixed with lemonade. And sometimes they have a special tap where it's actually pre-mixed. But it's very uncommon that you'll walk into an everyday bar, a normal, what I would call a normal Spanish tasca, a normal everyday bar, and find a selection of different beers on taps. If you're talking about bottles, then yes, potentially you might find more of a selection if you're drinking bottled beers. But, you know, it is commonly noted that you go into most bars and it's one type of beer on tap. Of course, you could always go to the more touristy bars, Irish pubs, those kinds of places, where, yeah, you're going to have a whole row of pumps. And uh, they're going to be uh, serving Guinness, um, some other international brands of beer, along with maybe more of a selection of Spanish beers. But uh, they're going to be pretty expensive. So I've just popped into a little everyday tasca, a little bar, just on the edge of uh, Lava Pies. Um, It's really quiet in the bar because everyone's uh, sitting outside on the terraza in the sunshine. I'm the only one in here sat at the bar. And interestingly, uh, after the thing I've been saying about the different brands in Spain, um, in this bar they have got four silver taps on the bar. And the beer they serve here is Amstel. Uh, No sign of uh, Mao at all. Although, (laughs) funnily enough, the Amstel beer has been poured into a glass with Mao written on it. So I've ordered a doble, and they've given me a little aperitivo. It's like a very small tapas served on a white saucer. It's a piece of uh, crusty bread with a piece of chorizo on the top. And so, yeah, four taps on the bar. So one of them is the standard... Amstel draught beer and then you've got another tap which is the beer mixed with lemon lemonade which I guess we'd call a shandy and in, that's Amstel branded as well it's called uh, a radler. Third tap along is bermut which is the fortified sweet red wine and then the fourth tap is something called Amstel oro. Amstel oro and that is a darker, more, more toasted beer. Uh, you'll find that all of the major brands that I've mentioned all produce their own other versions of beer as well. So, you know, whether it's Amstel or Mau or Estrella, they have now started producing uh, darker versions of their lager, more toasted versions of their lager, uh, they're usually a bit stronger and usually a little bit more expensive as well um, surprisingly there's no tap with non-alcoholic beer uh, which I've noticed in Spain is really big it's very common in the UK it's not common at all but in, uh, in Spain uh, it's fairly common for people to have a non-alcoholic beer um, normally called uh, una cerveza sin, S-I-N, sin, which just means uh, without, obviously without alcohol. Um, but they don't seem to have that here. Also on the bar, they've got a selection of bottled beers. And as I said, you're going to usually find a bit more of a selection on offer. Uh, here they've got Alhambra, Alhambra Reserva, which again is a, uh, a darker, more toasted beer. You've got your standard green bottle of Heineken and they've also got a bottled Alhambra as well and then they've got Heineken, 0% alcohol Heineken by the bottle and then they have also got Amstel in a bottle but in the small botain size. These are all uh, propped up on display on the bar and also there is a little bottle of cider called Ladrón de Manzanas which means the Apple Thief And, yeah, I guess cider is something um, that is becoming more common across Spain. Uh, It is usually traditionally drunk in the north, northwest of Spain. Galicia, Asturias uh, is sort of cider country. But, you know, uh, it is spreading across Spain now. And in most bars, there will be a cider option available as well. So there's uh, a little overview of the different brands of beers and where you're going to find them around uh, around Spain. The most important thing, I think, is to learn how to order a beer properly in Spain. As I said, in the UK, it's really easy. Just ask for a pint or half a pint. Uh, When I'm talking here about the sizes, uh, they're available. I think because of Spain's quite complex regional history, uh, weights and measures have kind of evolved in a in a fairly inconsistent way. So depending on what part of Spain you're in and uh, well even in what city you're in uh, the name for a particular size of beer um, may vary as I, as I found out um, last year when I was in Zaragoza which is a large city uh, in the north east of Spain sort of in, betre- in between Madrid and Barcelona and I asked for uh, Un Doble which is a sort of medium-sized glass of beer and the guy misunderstood me and s- thought I wanted a double espresso coffee and I was like, no, 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 I want a doble, a, a doble, doble, doble beer uh, and he was like, oh, oh, a doble. No, 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 uh, here we call it uh, una copa, una copa de cerveza and so there was a little bit of confusion so yes this is something i've realized during my time in spain that depending where you are depending on which city you're in which part of spain you're in but not only that sometimes it depends what bar you're in they'll have a different words different uh, for different sizes most spanish people well all spanish people will not really walk into a bar and say uh, una cerveza una cerveza por favor No, you'll find tourists doing that. And if you do do that, you'll probably be met with a slightly confused expression or a shrug because you're just saying a beer. And most, well, all people, uh, wherever they are in Spain, will usually order a beer uh, based on the size of the beer. So this is where it gets a bit confusing. So let's look at the sizes. Well, I would say the most common uh, way of ordering a beer in Spain is to order una cana. Uh, So you'd say... uh, me pones una an a which translates uh, uh, interestingly as uh, a cane uh, or a tube is the smallest size of beer, and this is the size I think which is most commonly drunk. It's about two hundred milliliters, so it's very small. Sometimes I've seen people ordering uh, uh, una canita, a small canya, which is incredibly tiny. Um, would probably be laughed at in England. Um, it's like sort of the size of a thimble, almost a tiny, tiny glass of beer. About two gulps, and and, and you would have finished it. Um, but yeah, una canya is the common size that. Most uh, people tend to order. Another word for una caña, which I've heard in other parts of Spain as well, is un tubo, un tubo, uh, a tube. Literally, it's like a, a smaller, thinner, taller glass. Again, about the same size as a caña, about 200 mils, so pretty small. So that's another, uh, keep your eyes open uh, when you go into the bar and see whether it says canya or tubo on the menu. Uh, the next size up from that is what I usually order, which is un doble, uh, a double. So that's about the size of two canyas, probably equates to about 400 millilitres. And, but as I said earlier, it can sometimes be called una copa, uh, as it is in Zaragoza. So un doble or una copa, a medium-sized beer. After that, you've got una jarra, which translates as a jug or a jar. That glass will usually come with a handle and is uh, about half a litre. But again, depending where you are in Spain, sometimes it's referred to as un tanque, un tanque, which literally means a tank, a tank of beer. So that is the largest size uh, you would normally find for draft beer on tap. Most Spanish people don't tend to order beer in such large quantities. It is Uh, usually uh, a canya or a doble. In some pubs like the Irish pubs I was talking about earlier you will find uh, una pinta which does translate as a pint um not not very common in your everyday bars i would say you know in more touristy bars or certainly in irish pubs you might find una pinta why do spaniards drink small quantities of beer good question um i think really it's because of the climate it's because of the heat and most of the year it's pretty warm pretty hot in the summer uh, if you're sitting outside your beer is going to heat up pretty quickly and for that reason they i think they choose to just drink small quantities of beer and um so it doesn't get warm too quickly if you're sat there with a a great big jug or pint of beer by the time you've got about halfway through it's going to be pretty tepid and not very be not very enjoyable to drink so i think that's the kind of thinking behind ordering small uh small glasses of beer another thing you'll find in spain uh which depends it's not always it's not to everyone's Taste is that it usually comes served very cold. Uh, In a lot of places they'll keep the glasses in a freezer and the glasses will come out of the freezer completely frosted and they will pour your beer obviously to keep it colder for longer. Obviously you're gonna lose some of the flavour that way, but if you're you know if it's really hot and you're really thirsty, uh it's lovely and refreshing to have an ice cold lager. So there you go, it's a bit more complicated Uh, don't just walk into a bar and say una cerveza, scout around the bar uh, listen and see what other people are ordering have a look at their menu nearly all bars will have a little menu on the wall behind the bar uh, with the different sizes and, and from that you should be able to deduce what vocabulary you should be using to order a beer of course you can just say una cerveza and they will then come back to you with various questions about what size you want, whether you want it draught or whether you want it in a bottle. Uh, Very common to order a bottle of beer in Spain and again there is a range of different uh, vocabulary and sizes. Uh, You can order uh, un tercio literally translates as a third a third of a litre so it's this sort of standard 330 milliliter bottle of beer in some parts of Spain I think certainly in Catalonia it's often referred to as una mediana And then you have a tiny, tiny bottle, which looks like it uh, should be made for for hobbits or something. Until I'd come to Spain, I'd never seen bottles of beer so small. And they're called un botellín, botellín, uh, which translates as a little bottle. That's about 200 milliliters. So that's about equivalent to the size of a caña. Again, in some parts of Spain, uh, botellín is referred to as un botijo or un quinto, so a fifth of a litre. It's quite common for uh, groups of Spanish friends, certainly fairly often when I go out with uh, friends here in Madrid, uh, it's quite common to order something called un cubo, uh, which translates as a bucket. And you can get some really good offers this way. Many bars will offer un cubo. You'll see them advertised on their menus. And a cubo normally contains about five or six small botellines of beer uh, in a bucket of ice and it will come with its own little bottle opener and it's a really good way of sharing beers between friends and it works out really cheap you can normally get a a bucket of five or six small bottles of beer for around five euros so it's sort of like 80 or 90 cents per beer so talking about the sort of drinking culture then uh, in Spain when it comes to going out and having a beer well I'm uh, I'm English and uh, I think we've got a bit of a reputation for drinking quite quickly and uh, quite large quantities of beer as I say it's really common to order pints and it's not uncommon I guess for a group of friends to get together and probably drink you know two or three pints of beer certainly within an hour or so if you're particularly thirsty Um, one thing I've noticed here in Spain is that uh, people tend to drink much much slower and as I said earlier much smaller quantities uh, of beer as well it's not uncommon for you know people to order a canya or maybe un doble and make that drink last for you know an hour and i will sip it very slowly and they will be chatting away and the glass will be empty and it doesn't matter half an hour will have passed and they're still sat there with an empty glass and it won't occur to them to automatically order another beer so very relaxed uh, and a very slow drinking pace which i think is obviously you know a good thing really um there doesn't seem to be the culture of sort of binge drinking uh that we tend to have uh certainly um i don't know about other parts of the world but certainly back in the uk so yeah smaller quantities and drinking much more slowly which is something that initially i had to sort of adapt to um you know i i had noticed that my friends would have finished their drink and be chatting away and I'd be sort of squirming in my seat a little bit thinking well you know I'm thirsty Um, I want another one and I'd feel a little bit embarrassed about uh, suggesting (laughs) <laughs> ordering another beer uh, and then sometimes I just sort of slink off pretend to go to the toilet and then go and order myself another beer at the bar and bring it back to the table I have now adapted to the slower drinking pace and the smaller quantities and now when I go back to the UK, uh, being faced with a pint, yeah it feels like quite a lot of beer in one go and then as soon as you've maybe when you haven't even finished your pint of beer back in the UK uh, your friend is uh, already offering you the next ones uh, in terms of prices beer in spain is incredibly cheap i think compared to certainly compared to the uk spain uh, beer is 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 very cheap uh, you know a canya is going to cost you anything between a euro and 1 euro 30 doble is going to be maybe 2 euros maybe 220 and you might get a, a big half a litre jarra or tanque of beer for maybe 354 euros there are many bars that have uh, special offers there's a very famous chain of sandwich bars called Tien monteditos which is average quality It's nothing special but they do a jarra of beer there for, i think for one euro or 150 incredibly cheap Another point worth uh, mentioning when we're talking about going out for drinks with friends, how it usually works is you will order your drinks if you're sitting at a bar inside. You will order your drink and you'll be presented with a drink and you'll carry on ordering. But You won't pay when you order, you will pay when you decide to leave and you will ask for the bill. At the end so uh, that's just how it works if you're sat outside on a terraza, which uh, most of the year people do here the same thing you'll continue ordering your beers and you will settle the tab when you decide to leave which i think is really great that they have that trust system here in spain uh, you don't pay Uh, when you order. Sometimes a waiter might come out uh, if you've racked up a really you've been sat there for hours and you've racked up quite a large tab they might come out and uh, sort of suggest you uh, pay it off and then they'll set up a new tab for you. Um, But it's very civilized and normally how it works uh, is uh, you'll split the bill Usually equally between you, unless one of you or a couple of you have been drinking uh, wine or cocktails or something more expensive. But usually, how it works is most people tend to drink the same thing uh, when you're out as a group of friends, and you just split the bill equally between you and you leave a very small tip, maybe just a bit of small loose change, just round it up to the nearest euro. Uh, They don't tend to do rounds like uh, in other countries, certainly in the UK, if you're out with a group of friends. Of course, you're paying as you order, and you normally do it in rounds. Uh, It doesn't seem to work like that, really, in Spain. If you're out for the duration and you're having tapas as well, uh, another common thing, again, which is a really civilised way of doing it, is that uh, if you're out with quite a large group of friends uh, going from bar to bar, is you will uh, create set up a thing called botte, which means a kitty and each of you will put i don't know 10 20 euros into the kitty and one person is usually responsible for the kitty and you will use the money uh, in each bar to pay off the tabs until the kitty runs out so my next pit stop uh for one final beer it is uh wednesday after all I've come into the Mercado de San Fernando, which is a fantastic indoor market just on the edge of Lava Pies and Embajadores. It's a very similar, I don't know if anyone remembers the episode, one of the early episodes where I went into the Mercado de la Cervada in La Latina. Uh, It's fairly similar, but uh, quite a bit smaller. It's a permanent indoor market and it has lots of different stalls selling fresh produce. But um, I guess you could say that, like many of the old indoor markets in Madrid, they've had to move the times and try to encourage more people to come in. And a lot of these stalls have been transformed and turned over into uh, bars. Um, Among other things, there are also little clothes stores, crafts, uh, but I would say there are at least, probably, uh, I don't know, 10 small bars inside the market. Uh, Some of them specialize in wine. It makes a really refreshing change to come inside an old market and, and have a beer. In fact... Uh, there is one beer market stall. When I say market stall, they're like sort of little shops. They're permanent. You know, they've got walls and roofs inside the market. And I'm um, just outside one now, which has got a huge selection of international bottled beers. I'm just looking at, in the window now, and you've got beers from Belgium, the United States, the UK. There's some Young's Double Chocolate Stout, which is uh, something that I see a lot uh, back home. You've got um, IPA from Cornwall down in the southwest of the UK. Um, but anyway, a huge selection of quite exotic beers, which you certainly don't normally see here in Spain in your average bars. But that's something that is uh, really changing. And I guess this is something that's happening a lot all around the world, is the kind of rise of craft beers And Spain is no different. Uh, Pretty much every city I've been to in Spain you find bars that specialize in craft beers. Uh, Madrid is absolutely no exception. So if the craft beer scene is your thing uh, you're not gonna have any problem in Spain finding craft beers uh, whether it's a bar or a pub serving them or whether it's a shop uh, selling uh, bottled craft beers. Uh, Certainly something that's taking off here in Spain. The Spanish have really cottoned on to the whole microbrewery scene. Uh, Something that is growing and growing here as well. So if you're not into your normal everyday lager, uh, you're not going to have any problem finding craft beers or specialist beers as well so um, that's just something to point out um, as i've walked past it here in the market i know for example in madrid there are uh, must be at least i've seen at least a dozen craft beer pubs and uh, stores selling well craft beer and exotic beers so there you go uh, something for everybody no se ve muy a menudo la cerveza Victoria aquí en Madrid, de no, Málaga, ¿no? De sí, Málaga, sí, sí. Gracias. Gracias. Sí, he visto que están reformando el Barbaroso ahí. Sí, hay muchas reformas, pero yo era, yo tenía así alimentación de esto, Ajá. todo, y esto lo he i just para stopped for a beer in one of the stalls in el mercado de san fernando and uh yeah as irony would have it uh what beer do they have on tap no no mal um but they've got uh victoria beer from malaga on tap uh which is what i just said to a yeah, really really sweet guy uh, whose stall it was and he said that he'd been uh, in the market for 18 years he used to sell embutidos which are uh, cured meats and sausage chorizo that kind of thing and that he'd moved with the times he's got quite well a very new and very cool looking Stall selling brightly coloured packets of all different types of things: rice, tuna, cans of beans, bread, beautifully laid out. And then on the corner of his stall, he's got a little bar with two taps, and both taps are Victoria beer from Malaga. Uh, what do you know? Um, after all of my talk of you know you, you never find these beers in Madrid from other parts of Spain, uh, there it was right there. And I was talking to him about it. A really friendly guy. Uh, we were chatting away. For about half an hour, and uh, he said, Yeah, it's a kind of gentrification. Uh, People are more and more uh, looking for something different than the everyday. And for that reason, he decided to uh, sell uh, Victoria beer from Malaga. He's not from Malaga. He has no connection from Malaga. He's originally from Leon, uh, which is a region uh, north of Madrid. Um, but there you yeah, go. it's quite interesting. Uh, so uh, <laughs> you're probably thinking everything I've said is complete rubbish and you know, it should be uh, completely disregarded. But no, in general... In your everyday bars, you're not going to find these kinds of beers. What's happening, as he was telling me, and as I suspected, is that many of these old indoor markets are moving with the times. They're becoming a bit more gentrified, a bit more, well, hipstery, I suppose. Uh, A lot of the stalls, like I said, inside this market, which, you know, originally would have sold, all of the stalls would have just sold, you know, veg, veg, Meat, fish, bread, everyday stuff. I'm now trying to uh, move with the times to attract custom. And this is exactly what he's done. And a lot of these markets also now have uh, binotecas, a little wine wine stalls where you can do wine tastings and uh, I've just come out of the market now but um, there were lots of people sitting around in there uh, sampling uh, different wines and another interesting thing I saw as well is there's a German uh, Wattwurst or German sausage uh, stall in there run by a Greek guy and his German sister-in-law and their beer on tap was Lohenbrau and a selection of other German beers so so there you go, it just goes to show that, you know, I always think that Spain is a very traditional com- uh, country that drags its feet a little bit when it comes to sort of moving with the times, but is a uh, exhibit a, a classic case in point of, uh, of people uh, uh, trying to attract new customers and move with the times. So in a quest to find the <laughs> everyday bar, beer experience. I'm gonna have stop off at one more place because it's right next to the market uh, where I've just been. Uh, it's a very everyday bar. I'm hoping that they will just have a normal canya of Mao on tap. So we're gonna head in and, and, and see what there is. It's now about eight 30, 9 o'clock, and uh, yeah, it's really picked up. There are lots more people out and about. They've got a terraza outside, which is absolutely packed. I don't think there's a single table free. Of course, coming up to 9 o'clock now, it's coming up to the Spanish time of day to have their evening meal. So let's pop in and see what there is. Uh, One point also I didn't mention earlier. uh, If you are ordering and drinking beers or any drinks or food on a terraza, which is the tables and chairs outside any bar, uh, you will pay a little bit more uh per drink. Yeah, normally about ten percent more per drink for the pleasure of having someone uh wait your table and bring your drinks to you. Um so that's uh, worth taking into account. If you want the cheapest possible the cheapest is always going to be perched at the bar inside uh to get the cheapest price. Anyway, let's go in and see what there is. Hola buenas on un doble porfa? Well, uh, success at last. Um, lo and behold, what do they have on tap? Mao. Uh, three, three taps. One is uh, Mao Classica. One is got, of course, El Bormu, which is the fortified red wine. And the other third tap has what's called Mao Sin, which is the alcohol-free version of Mao. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, you can still find the uh, traditional uh, Madrileño beer in a bar in in uh, Lavapiés' neighbourhood. About Mao, it's quite interesting. Apparently the name... uh, Because it doesn't really, to me, seem like a very Spanish name. The Mao Brewery was founded in 1890, uh, here in Madrid. And it is indeed a French name, a French surname. Um, because uh, the brewery was founded by uh, the children of a French entrepreneur. But yeah, this is a really everyday, typical bar, Um, really brightly lit. (laughs) You always know the sort of traditional taskers because they always seem to be really, really brightly lit for some reason. TV blaring in the corner with the news on. Uh, There's about four or five people uh, sat at the bar, all glued to the TV, not talking to each other. There's lots of uh, serviettes on the floor. This is another telltale sign of a typical everyday bar. It's customary and completely acceptable to throw your dirty napkins, paper napkins on the floor, uh, along with toothpicks, paper, sugar sachets, Uh, and everything else. And the other thing you'll find with the everyday bars is they will always give you a free uh, aperitivo or like a small tapas. And I've been given with my doble of uh, Mao, a plate of Russian salad or potato salad. So it's like potato, chives or green onions in a kind of mayonnaise dressing. Anyway, so that's uh, how to order a beer in Spain. Uh, You might think it's a bit odd to dedicate a whole episode to that, but I think it's something that's really useful to know uh, if you're trying to get to grips with the going out and drinking culture uh, here in in Spain. Um, As I say, it's not as straightforward as maybe in other countries. And if you really want to fit in and you really want to not come across as being too much of a tourist or too much of a giri, as uh, Spanish people call, uh, well, certainly Northern Europeans. Uh, you know, it's always good to get to grips with the vocabulary and, uh, you know, when in Spain, do as uh, the Spaniards do. Uh, so I hope it's been useful. Um, this has been more of a light-hearted episode. Um, I'm hoping in future episodes to do... Uh, to look at uh, wine I'd really like to dedicate an episode to vermuth which is a really interesting drink uh, which is really common in Spain not so common in other countries and in the future of when in Spain of course I'll be looking in more detail at uh, cuisine and food and uh, how to order food the kind of menus that are available uh, the kinds of foods that are available in uh, different regions of Spain and that kind of thing. Thank you so much for listening. Please do get in touch with any questions or queries or any suggestions for future episodes. Uh, I know many of you have been Uh, in the near future, uh, we're going to be looking in more detail at some of the cultural differences you might come across when you move to Spain. Uh, Certainly, we're at the beginning of September now, so lots and lots of people are coming in to move to uh, Spain to teach English, the beginning of the academic year is on the horizon. I know many of you have got in touch uh, about that. Uh, Many of you are coming from other European countries, from the United States, North America to come and spend a year or more here working as an english teacher do check back to uh, my previous episodes as i say how to guides to get settled in uh, there is one episode i can't remember what number it is i think it's number six or seven where um, i talk about teaching english here in uh, madrid and in spain so check those out if you are coming to live and work here in september uh, you will love it i guarantee you'll have no regrets Um, But, of course, there is always uh, a bit of an adjustment uh, to be made in terms of, uh, well, not culture shock, because I think Spain is a very easy country to uh, feel comfortable in and integrate into, but, you know, it's the little details in everyday life that can sometimes throw you if you do want to get in touch uh, i've set up a new email address which is quite simply wheninspain in spain one at outlook.com so when in spain and the numeral number one Spain, one at outlook.com feel free to contact me there with any questions or queries suggestions etc and I will endeavour to get back to you I love hearing from all of my listeners Uh, podcast is continuing to grow I think every episode I say this but we're now at about uh, listeners in around 45 countries around the world in some really exotic locations do get in touch if you just want to say hi and tell us where you're listening from and why you're listening and uh, I will give you a shout out on the episode so there you have it episode number 13 hope it hasn't been unlucky for anybody i will be back next wednesday and uh, also i think this episode is going to be reaching uh, many of you quite late on wednesday possibly on Thursday. So sorry for the delay. I've been super busy since I've uh, been back from holiday and also still a bit jet lagged and tired. I think I need another holiday to recover. Um, But thanks for listening uh, when in Spain, listeners. And until next week, hasta luego and salud.